Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Death of Death podcast, where we proclaim Christ's victory over sin, death, and everything else. I am your host, as always, Nick Stewart. It's really good to be with you. I don't know why this is up so high. Really good to be with you guys. Um, it's my first solo episode in a while. We uh, had my wife, Ashley Stewart, on the podcast. How about that? Yeah, but uh, it was fun for you guys. I've been trying to get her on the show literally since the first episode, and she always refused me. Uh, then we had Nick Quint on the show. That was really good. Um, yeah, I wanted to give a quick shout out to our newest patron, Austin Whiting. Uh, signed up today. This is probably the fastest shout out that's ever going to be had on the show because I'm doing this episode Monday. Uh, so this is getting done the day before this comes out. That almost never happens. Um, yeah, I was just I was having trouble deciding what to talk about. Uh on the show and so i put off filming the episode for a long time but i decided you know when in doubt copy dave smith do whatever dave smith is doing uh it's got to be one of my favorite uh podcasts so uh (laughs) i'm gonna talk a little bit about a book i read first because i thought it was really good um not a whole lot to say to be honest Uh, i'm just gonna recommend and there will be a link in the show notes so that you can buy uh from christianbook.com which is cheaper than amazon uh most of the time and uh, if you use the link for the show we get a little kickback at no charge to you so that'll be in the show notes so you can buy from christianbook.com um who shall ascend the mountain of the lord and forgot the author's name because i'm garbage and i don't even have the book here on my brand new standing desk to uh look it up and give him proper credit by the way look at this thing um this (laughs) chris pobletti recommended this this uh standing desk to me i i know because of the camera angle you can't see all of it but um it's a standing desk and it folds up into uh, like one flat little piece so you can like stick it away somewhere if you need to make room in the room, whatever. It's pretty cheap. And uh, when he told me about it, I added it to my Amazon wish list and just thought like, all right, I, I don't have the money for that right now, but I'm going to, you know, keep an eye on that, buy it whenever I can. So. I kept it in my cart or my wish list or something, and uh, months have gone by now. It's been like two or three months since he told me about the desk. and <laughs> It's like been out of stock like twice since I added it, and it's fluctuated in price. I feel like I got an email about this desk like every single day about a change in the price or it's back in stock or whatever. So I just thought like, okay, I'm, I'm going to wait until I have the money, until I have the room, you know, whatever, but I am going to get it. One night I just decided I'm going to look at it and just see like where the price is at. You know, I'm not going to buy it, but <laughs> I'll see what, you know, what's going on with it. I I looked at the price and it was, you know, uh, I think the, the brown one was out of stock, but this nice black one was in stock. And I think you already kind of see where the story is going. Um, <laughs> I looked at the price and right under the price, it said, uh, you can finance this desk for 0% interest, uh, for six months. You could make payments for six months. And I was like, 
all right. I am curious whenever there's a finance option for 0% interest, I'm always into that. So I, I looked at it and it was like $20 a month for six months. And I was like, I can afford 20. That's like one, that's like less than a trip to Del Taco for me. So I can afford $20 a month. You know, I wasn't planning to tell this story on the podcast, by the way, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm a little, uh, you know, I'm lacking things to talk about today. And I just thought this would be interesting. So I click on the thing. I'm like, okay, what do they want me to do to, you know, to get this desk? And, and it was like, oh, if you sign up for the prime credit card, you can finance things. Like, All right. I mean, I, I'll do it. I've, I've always wanted a prime card and I've got good credit. They give you pretty good cash back on that card. So I'll do it. You know, it's like, it's not, there's no downside to me yet nor will there be <laughs> spoiler alert. And so I sign up for the card and I'm like, all right, this is going to take, you know, a couple days to get approved. The wheels start spinning. And then in like 30 seconds, it's like, you've been approved for the Amazon prime credit card. It's like, all right, that was fast. So I go to add the, the desk and I was like, all right, 20 bucks a month. You know, I can do that. And then it turns out you get a hundred dollar gift card when you uh, sign up for the Prime credit card. (laughs) So my cart total was $8.55 a month for six months to have this desk (laughs) because I got $100 off on my first purchase. So all that to say, um, I could not not get this desk even though I was planning to get it later in the year or to ask for it for Christmas or something. Um, <laughs> at $8 a month, you kind of have to get the desk. And anyways, uh, Chris Popletti told me about this desk and uh, really my whole life is just kind of copying the coolest things about Chris Popletti and just making it my own. Um, you know, I did it with the mustache. I did it with the desk. Um, you know, we'll see what I, what I take next, uh, tattoos, <laughs> obviously I do it with the tattoos. Um, so we're talking today about Leviticus. Uh, I just wanted you guys to know about this awesome desk and our wonderful benevolent overlords, Amazon, and how I really wish that they would just take over the government and do everything better. But, uh, Leviticus really cool book. It's a biblical theology book. And if you don't know, biblical theology is, uh, you know, a lot about like typology and kind of how the whole Bible works together and how it all fits together and the storylines and everything. And so Leviticus is kind of a rough book. You know, people think it's boring. People think, you know, it's it's hard to understand because it's just like there's a lot of lists of like you do this sacrifice for this thing and this is how you build the temple and here's the measurements of the temple and stuff. But um it's, it's a very good book that kind of really unravels a lot of, uh, not really the mystery of the book, but it's just like, why is this book important? And knowing why it's important makes it way more fun to read. So um, I highly recommend the book. I'm sorry, I forgot the author. I, I can look it up while I'm talking. That's what I should just do. I've got all of the information in the world at my fingertips. And I thought, I don't have the book, so I'm gonna have to go get the book. But I can just Google it. Michael Morales. It is a, it's L. Michael Morales, and it is a a volume of the uh, New Studies in Biblical Theology series. 
If you don't know, you've seen them. They're the plain gray looking books. They all look pretty similar, but um, you've seen books in that series before, even if you don't know what it is. Um, yeah, so it's really good. One thing I wanted to talk about specifically was the scapegoat and the uh, sacrificial goat um, for the Day of Atonement and how Jesus fulfills both of these goats in a way. Um one, one is sacrifice, one the sins of Israel are put upon the forehead, and then he's sent out into the wilderness, and he symbolically carries away the sins of Israel into the wilderness, and then the other one is sacrifice to atone for Israel, uh, and they're both making atonement by one um, paying for the sins, and one takes them away, and Jesus does both of those things. He um, you know, our sins are put on his account and, uh, he takes them away from us like the scapegoat, but he's also sacrificed, uh, in, in an, uh, in a, um, propitiatory way, um, much like the other goat and, uh, symbolically taking the sins into the wilderness is also, um, uh, significant in in the Bible, especially in the Pentateuch, because uh, the wilderness is kind of this symbol of like chaos and death and sin, and uh, Israel kind of becomes this um, neo Garden of Eden, uh, or they're meant to be. They don't ever fulfill that entirely, but they're meant to be kind of this neo Garden of Eden. Uh, in Leviticus, and so um, God's presence is in the middle, and, and God dwelt in the Garden of Eden also, so, you know, the, the garden is kind of being reconstituted there in the tabernacle, and then uh, as you move away from the tabernacle, you're moving away from the presence of the Lord, you're moving toward the wilderness, you're, uh, you know, you're moving east of Eden in a lot of ways, and so the idea of the goat taking the sins into the wilderness is this picture of the goat being um, being exiled from the Garden of Eden like man was, um, except we get to keep dwelling there because our sins are taken away. And then obviously we see the full fulfillment of that later um, in the new heavens and new earth. So pretty cool, pretty cool book. Highly recommend it. You should buy it. This is, uh, is going to be a short episode uh, because the last two episodes were over an hour each and I just figured it was time for a short one and also, you know, I'm on a time budget because this has to be out tomorrow. So we're going for the shortest episode in history probably, but uh, there's a blog post coming uh, in the next day or two as well. So between the blog and the short episode, I, I think you can say that I gave you enough this week. So... Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the concept of the white pill. Hey everyone, uh, a few minutes ago we thanked Austin Whiting for joining the elect, for becoming a Patreon subscriber for just $4 a month. Just wanted to let you know that if you wanted to do that same exact thing, you can go to patreon.com slash deathofdeath, sign up for $4 a month, it is less than the price of a good cup of coffee once a month. How can you beat that, right? All right, let's, uh, let's get back into the show now and learn what the white pill is. 
and uh this is this is kind of inside baseball a little bit um i think in kind of the political in like the politics world and the libertarian world so a lot of um there's the red pill and the blue pill and a lot of people confuse these for like the colors of the political parties republican democrat um it is not that it is taken directly from the matrix where the blue pill is the pill you take to just keep living the lie and living in the simulation and then the red pill is the pill you take to uh see reality for what it is and so a lot of movements a lot of um countercultures kind of use this um to talk about people who see reality for what it really is and people who are living a lie and so uh QAnon likes to use the red and blue pill analogy um lots of lots of groups and movements do it but libertarians do it as well and one thing i've noticed in the libertarian world is uh the use of the black pill and the white pill as well and so these are pills on top of the red and blue pills for optimism and pessimism and so the black pills pessimism white pills optimism for the future and so um i wanted to talk a little bit about the white pill um dave smith talked about this on his show a little bit and if you don't know who he is um he's a really popular libertarian podcaster and he has been uh flirting with the idea of running for president for 2024 for like weeks maybe months now he's been flirting with that and teasing us with it and i really hope that he runs he would be the first person since austin peterson in 2016 that i would give even half of a crap about voting for uh so really hope he runs um i would encourage all of my listeners to vote for him he is you know um pro-life which is rare for um libertarian candidates it's not very rare for libertarians but for some reason the people who actually run for president tend to not uh side that way so um anyways this is not a a campaign commercial for Dave Smith. Just want to tell you a little bit about who he is. I've talked about him a lot on the show before because um, he's just uh, got probably the best, easiest, but most brilliant way of thinking about uh, politics of anyone alive today. And so um, obviously important to me to share his thoughts with people who could benefit from them. And I think um, I think death of death listeners would benefit from, uh, from his thoughts a lot. So, uh, on the white pill, uh, he mainly was just talking about, um, this push that we've been seeing in the like COVID propaganda, you know, that's, that's been going on this push to get more people vaccinated and what we can notice from it is uh, if you just look at the numbers, I forgot the exact number, but um, less than half of the country of like adults, you know, uh, have been vaccinated for COVID. And that kind of just goes to show that the biggest propaganda campaign that's ever been on American soil, I would argue bigger than the Iraq war, bigger than World War II. I mean, this was propaganda everywhere you looked. Couldn't drive down the freeway without seeing signs about how dangerous this virus is. 
Uh, I would say this is the most effective propaganda campaign that the U.S. government has ever, ever done. And less than half of the people bought into it enough to get the vaccine. And of the people who did get it, how many of them got it because they were going to lose their job? How many of them got it because, you know, they just their grandma pressured them to do it or something, you know, for whatever reason. You can think of a million reasons why someone might do that. So it's like, what, what are we really talking about? We're talking about much less than half of the country, like actually bought into this propaganda. And with the Delta variant coming, which uh, I should remind you in a, in an episode, a few episodes ago, I believe the episode was called Don't Celebrate Yet. Uh, I was talking about all the, the positive changes we've seen with COVID, where now here in Oklahoma City, there's no more masks. Like, technically, you only cannot wear your mask if you're vaccinated, but nobody asks if you're vaccinated, so they effectively just got rid of the mask mandate. Nobody wears a mask anymore. It's like, it's weird because in just a month or two, it is now weird to see someone in a mask. <laughs> Whereas like before it was weird to see people not wearing masks. Uh, now it's weird to see someone like wearing a mask. Like that's how quickly we were able to kind of get back to normal life here in Oklahoma city. And I came out on this show and I said, uh, the very morning after <laughs> Costco got rid of their, their mask mandate, I heard on a podcast on, on a news podcast about the Delta variant and how actually I called it the Indian variant because that's what they were calling it. I didn't know that the Indian variant and the Delta variant are the same one because uh, I'd only heard I'd never heard them referenced together, but they're the same variant, uh, whatever. So um heard about the Delta variant, then called the Indian variant. That probably smacked too much of the China virus, so they changed it to the Delta variant. But uh, heard about it, and I was like, yep, that's how they're going to do it. They're going to they're gonna use that variant to try to undo all of this progress. And here we go. Like, they're doing it. They're, I mean, like, L.A., I guess, just uh, got a mask mandate back into place, even for vaccinated people. And just, uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're pushing the vaccine really hard. I think, you know, I can kind of see it as like one last push to try to get as many people vaccinated as possible before it's like obvious that it's unnecessary, you know, but whatever the case propaganda, you know, coming out the ears for over a year and less than half the people fell for it, you know? So that is a white pill. That is a reason to be optimistic about the future. Um, this Delta variant, even with the Delta variant, not a lot of people going out to get vaccinated, not as many as you would think, you know, people aren't putting their masks back on quite that fast, you know, like they're, they're, there's still generally a push. I even saw like a pretty left leaning like meme page that I follow on Instagram. I even saw them post a meme. Um, I can't remember what the meme was, but the, the spirit of the meme was, I don't care about the Delta variant. We're not doing this again. So it's like even some left leaning people are like, yeah, nice try Delta variant, but we're not, we're not going to go through what we've been doing for the last year. Um, so I mean, 
yeah, I think it's just gotten to the point where like no one trusts the media anymore. And I think that's a really good thing. Um, nothing could be better, in fact, f- than for people to start to doubt the things that they hear online uh, and on TV and from the government. And um, I think at this point, the case can can very well be made that, uh, you know, network news is a branch of the government. It's like the propaganda branch of the government. Um, you know, the same way that like Facebook and Twitter are taking orders from the government and are like doing favors for the government. So in, in a lot of ways, Twitter and Facebook are branches of the government. You know, you got to think about it that way. Like I, I've been guilty of calling it, you know, I've called Facebook a private company and they can do what they want. But then, you know, I never took into account the fact that they are working with the government. So they kind of are the government in a lot of ways. So anyways, I think the best thing for this country is for people to stop trusting the media and stop trusting the government. And I think we see a lot of that, um, a lot of that today, especially if you look at the numbers of people getting vaccinated. A lot of people just did not fall for this, (laughs) for the biggest propaganda campaign ever conducted on u.s soil less than half the people fell for it and um you know and i think you know i i've i've made fun of QAnon a lot on this podcast um and i you know don't believe in QAnon in general but you know i can say some nice things about them which is that like at the very least, it's a massive amount of people who believe that reality is not as the government and the media presents it to be. And that's powerful, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think it can manifest in some pretty bad ways. I think occasionally it, it manifests in uh, a shooting or, or a capital riot. Not that I really care that much about the capital riot. Uh, (laughs) don't really care that much about windows on a government building getting broken, but, um, you know, occasionally it, I, I think, I think that was a bad thing because, uh, those people are still in solitary confinement, uh, and haven't had a trial yet. I think that's the the worst thing about the Capitol riot is that those, those people's uh, lives are ruined now. Um, but I think QAnon speaks a lot to the fact that there are a massive amount of people who are not buying uh, they're not taking the blue pill. They're not. They're not taking reality as the media and the government is presenting it to them. And I think that is a reason to be optimistic for the future. And um, you know, mainly because ideas have consequences. And uh, the more people that believe like you and I do, um, the less tyranny we're going to live under. And it's not that we're going to take over. It's not that we're going to have a revolution or anything. It's just, uh, this is the example Dave Smith always says. So think about this. If everyone just stopped paying their taxes tomorrow, what happens? We just successfully abolished the income tax and the sales tax, all the taxes. We, we got rid of taxation because if everyone stops paying them, they're not going to be able to enforce it. They could not enforce it against every adult person on U.S. soil. In fact, even kids pay taxes because kids pay sales tax when they buy stuff. So, I mean, even kids aren't exempt from taxation. Uh, So the reality is just 
yeah, we, we, we abolished it. And one thing I, I think I've said on the show before um, was, you know, if everyone just stopped wearing their masks to the grocery store, we just got rid of the mask mandate <laughs> because you're not going to throw every single person in jail. You're not going to kick every single person out of your store. You're not, you know. And as horrible as it sounds, I was a big proponent of hassling retail workers who make you wear your mask because, you know, I know it's not their fault and I know they're just doing their job, but it's like the manager who made the policy is not the one getting up in your face and yelling at you to put a mask on. The CEO of the company who wants to make sure they're doing everything by the book, he's not the one telling you to put a mask on. The cops aren't the one telling you, you know, none of these, the governor is not the one coming into the store telling you to put a mask on. The 17 year old girl who's, you know, checking out your groceries is the one telling you to put a mask on. So unfortunately, she's the aggressor. (laughs) And if you yell at her, if three out of five people yell at her, there will not be a mask mandate at that grocery store in the next couple of days because uh, the employers will see that it's not worth what it does to the employees to enforce that kind of rule. So anyways, the more people that believe in liberty, the better ideas have consequences and if if the vaccination rate is any indication of how people feel about the government and the media i think that we're in for a pretty bright future um and i think you know if if we could get half this country believing libertarianism or anarcho-capitalism i think we will automatically overturn a lot of senseless laws and a lot of tyranny in this country so, um, didn't end up being that short of an episode, still probably about 25 minutes, but, um, just wanted to share some thoughts. I hope you guys like the blog that should be coming out today or tomorrow. That has a lot to do with kind of what I'm talking about, the you know politics and government and stuff. I don't know how m- many of you care about that, but, um, <laughs> just what I've been thinking about lately. So, Uh, Thank you for taking the time to listen and let me share my thoughts with you and I uh, will talk to you guys next week. All right. Goodbye for now.